Welcome back to Lakes Woods and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and 105.1 FM as well. Also, uh, KLIZ.com, lakeswoodsandirons.com, and wherever you find your podcasts. This uh, portion of the show brought you away by Shannon's Auto Body, brand new location coming to uh, East Brainerd to better serve your needs, and by Craigan's Legacy Courses, back with us again as a sponsor on Lakes Woods and Irons and getting ready for the 2023 season. Chris Foley uh, on the road, and uh, uh, Chris, a chance to uh, talk about uh, the Masters, of course. What a uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic tournament as it always is, and it seemed like at least for a few days, everybody just kind of thought about golf. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was it was spectacular, and uh, you know, it, it's amazing the Masters. It just it never disappoints, right? And uh, you know, despite the the weather, it uh, it you know just another incredible Sunday finish. Yeah, it was uh, fun to see. Uh, I think a very popular guy, John Rahm, is is uh, modest and uh, uh, just a worker bee, like few others. And uh, he's been on top of his game. We've talked about it even the first couple weeks of the show that kind of the best players in the world were were kind of primed and ready. He's one of them, and he's certainly. Uh, had his game together, especially uh, Sunday morning when he played the last of the third round, and uh, then they started the fourth round, and he was steady, and Brooks was not. Yeah, he uh, he, he was just in total control, and um, you know I think with Kepka, I, I I think the pace of play really hurt Kepka, and maybe he just didn't have quite. He definitely was not hitting it as well on Sunday as he was the rest of the week. I mean, he just uh, hit a lot of Aaron shots, and he did not putt well on Sunday. Yeah, he didn't. Nothing rolled in, and he was, I mean, quite a ways off on. Uh, you know, when you watch the so many golfers at that level, you know they miss their if they miss a putt, it's by an inch or two, if that. And uh, he was, you know, it seemed like six or eight inches out on a lot of his putts so he he wasn't seeing the line uh, like he usually does yeah his distance control is very poor and that's that's the key to putting well on those greens because they they have so much slope to them and they're so fast uh you know if you if you don't have good distance control you're you are going to really struggle and of course the um the uh, six, the anniversary of Seve Baiseros, uh uh, would have been 66 years old, lost him way too young, but of course uh, he is the inspiration of many of those uh, Spanish players and Ram, the fourth uh, Spanish Masters Championship, uh, quite an achievement yeah. and leading uh, certainly more, by far more than any other European country. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty cool. It uh, it was it was kind of fate that uh, you know on Sevi's birthday and uh, you know, the anniversary of his first masters win and you know just a lot of a lot of cool the stars were aligned yeah they really were it was fun to see him slip on the green jacket and a lot of people don't know you know in his past he was i think born with a club foot rom and uh, maybe left him out of some sports as a youngster and uh, but he could get to the golf course and obviously learned how to hit golf balls <laughs> that's yeah. an understatement yes one of the interesting things too, as far as the relationships there and uh, the live tour and all that, but uh, uh, Phil Mickelson, quite a mentor to Rom over the years, really his mentor via, through Arizona State and 
and then in his young life, even when he won the U.S. Open, he, Phil was sitting by his wife out on the driving range trying to keep her calm when uh, Rom got his first right. major. So uh, they are quite close, so that had to be kind of a unique uh, uh, situation as well. Yeah, you know, uh, it, Phil Mickelson's brother, Tim, was the coach at Arizona State when when uh, they recruited Rom. So Mickelson spent, uh, spent a lot of time with him and played a lot of golf with him. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're still close. And Mickelson had an unbelievable tournament. I, I can't believe how well he played on Sunday. Right. Uh, you know, f- 51 years old and, you know, just played incredible golf. Yeah, round of the day, 65. And he it was fun to – I wish uh, the cameras could have spent a little more time on him and Spieth because they were having a birdie contest, those two guys. Yeah, Spieth played. I they, he Spieth played great. I, I followed that group for probably the first uh, six or seven holes. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, they, they, it was great. Um, yeah, they were they were both playing pretty flawless golf. Um, really a shame that Spieth, you know, played so poorly on Saturday. Um, he really kind of got the bad end of the you know of the draw on Saturday. Well. I shouldn't say the bad end of the draw, but the weather was so bad when he was was playing, and uh, that really hurt him. That seventy six. Yeah, Phil, and they and they're both such. Uh, I love to listen to Spieth talk about golf and Phil talk about golf. Phil, you kind of got to wade through the how much is showmanship and how much is real. But he said on Friday, I I know it doesn't seem like it. I know I haven't been scoring, but I'm about to shoot a sixty five or a sixty six. And then, and then he shoots a sixty-five. So, I guess yeah. uh, I guess he knew his game uh, at least this week. Yeah, pretty impressive. <laughs> and he got to see uh, your son out there, even though it was a little rainy. Yeah, we get we get we had a great day on Saturday together. Um, was not optimal weather conditions by any means. I'll tell you, that, you know, Augusta is a great spectating course, but when everybody is carrying umbrellas. <laughs> it's about impo- it's about impossible to spectate. Yeah, and you're constantly constantly getting jabbed with with the umbrellas and that type of thing. But it's uh, it, regardless, it's always great to be out there. Uh, it was incredibly wet. And you were relatively close to the trees going down, Chris. Were you? Oh gosh, yeah. I, I, I was actually on my way to 17. No kidding. Uh, when that when that happened yeah and I, I was you know maybe a hundred yards from there when they blew the horn so it just it it would it had happened uh they blew the horn like 30 seconds after it happened and i don't know i i haven't gotten confirmation if they did it because of the tree falling or that just the the weather moving in but it was it was weird wind that day i mean it was like these wind it was these bursts of wind uh it wasn't like it was blowing hard all the time but all of a sudden there'd be these you know it's almost like straight line type winds not that that strong but uh right. interesting day yeah. yeah i didn't see the uh video till later i i saw you know they just showed the trees down on the broadcast but then uh there was some video of probably patrons later that where the trees actually it's a miracle nobody got hurt it could have been easily somebody killed it is a miracle that there was nobody there. Yeah, that's uh, good. I, I did hear that there was a lady standing right next to it, and actually she had a backpack on, 
and it actually skimmed the backpack she was wearing. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if it ripped the backpack off, but it, it that's how close it was to, to one lady. So, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Back with more after this. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, also 105.1 FM, and at lakeswoodsandirons.com, and also find us uh, wherever your podcasts are sold. Special guest with us this week, early in the season, the snow melting away, and uh, Chuck Kletkowski uh, from Gravel Pit Golf. Uh, Chuck, welcome. Uh, we, we might actually uh, see some golf at Gravel Pit before very long. Yeah, it's great to be back, and uh, nice to see you guys. We're excited to uh, get the 2023 season started with the uh, great weather we've had in the last 10 days. The gravel pit melted off, and uh, we should be able to get it open here in the next couple days. Certainly one of the new uh, golf courses still in the Lakes area. Open last season for the full season. Great experience. Was out there a few times and uh, really fun. 13 holes. Uh, talk a little bit about the philosophy again, Chuck. It's still pretty new. I know some people have not played it yet, I'm sure but a good opportunity to get out and play kind of a unique brand of golf. Yeah, we had a great inaugural season. We appreciate everyone that did come out and check out the gravel pit. Uh, but, yeah, the 13 par threes ranging from 60 to 200 yards, and uh, it's built out of an abandoned gravel pit right uh, right up by the Legacy, so, and uh, the edge of Brainerd. But uh, we've got a really fun, fun golf course. People can walk it. Uh, we've got golf carts if people want to ride. And uh, just takes about, you know, two hours, two hours and ten minutes to play, something like that. So not quite the full commitment of, uh, of time. Um, but we did have groups that played either two or three rounds out there uh, last year. So it's like if people do want to spend the day with us, we definitely have the, uh, have the opportunity. Sure, some people want to spend all day at the golf course. <laughs> it's nice if you can do it, for sure. Right on. Then you got the nice, uh, not only 13 holes of golf, um, 13 uh, holes on the putting course as well. Yeah, the 13-hole putting course was a was a hit. Um, groups would go around there and you know have some little competitions or whatever. But that's uh, that golf course is lighted as well. So in the evenings we would flip the lights on for groups that wanted to kind of play after dark and uh, you know maybe have some beverages and maybe a little gaming and such. So it's a fun thing. But we also had a ton of uh, of juniors and uh, kind of people that were getting back to golf that came out and enjoyed the facility. So that was neat to see. Um, you know, sometimes the championship courses can be a little intimidating for uh, beginning players and whatever. So we were excited to see people that were, you know, sort of getting back into golf um, come out and, and enjoy the, gra- the gravel pit. So that was fun to, fun to see. Yeah, we were up there, had a foursome, a couple old dogs, Jeff Olson and myself, and a couple of our guys who aren't that much younger than us, but a little younger, uh, came up, spent the uh, evening golfing, and then uh, had a burger basket and uh, enjoyed the putting green as well. So, yeah, great experience and uh, just really fun. That was similar to what you're saying. I mean, the four of us hadn't golfed together in quite a long time. Uh, years ago we did, and that was a great opportunity. What, can we can we spare two and a half hours and go? And then it turns into three and a half hours yeah. real quick, you know, when you're going to have a burger and tell some lies. Well, that's good, uh, though. The deck, <laughs> uh, the deck at the gravel pit overlooks all 13 holes. So just in the last few days we've been out there. Kind of watching the snow snow melt and uh, golf course came through the winter just great so our superintendent brandon myers you know got all the chemicals down and and that and it just really uh, really came through nicely so we're excited to excited to get uh, get going i think as, as a lot of the listeners are got some help in the design with uh, legendary scott hoffman and you and he've been 
talking, I'm sure, uh, all through last season and the beginning of this season. Yeah, and it's funny because when, you know, once you open, you do make a, you know, small modifications and things. So we've, uh, you know, dressed up, you know, some of the bunkering. There's only three bunkers on the golf course, but, you know, got that cleaned up. And just, you know, as people played, we, we you know, cut down some of the, the taller grass areas and things, you know, as you start to watch where people are losing their balls or, or whatever. But um, not everybody lost balls there. We had, uh, we had 33 hole-in-ones last year. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. So that was really exciting. Um, you know, 13 opportunities. So we say it's, you know, three times as many as a normal golf course. <laughs> right. You get extra chances to get holes in one. But, yeah, we had 33, uh, 33 last year. So we'll be curious to see what 2023 brings. So 1 through 13, have you had uh, some holes with, with zero holes in one? Yeah, the ninth hole, um, that's the one with two big, uh, there's a big bowl sort of in the middle of it. I don't think, to our knowledge, anyone has uh, aced the, the ninth hole. And I think that's the only one. We've got a got a list going, but no one's made it on nine. So I don't know. Maybe we'll give a prize out to uh, whoever makes that one first. Early season challenge. Yeah, exactly. the ninth hole, no aces there. Thirty-three though. That's pretty good. That makes it a lot of fun. You a lot of uh, hooting and hollering when you get uh, thirty-three aces out there. That's fun. Give us some uh, rate structure, Chuck. What you're looking for this year, and you can. Uh, there's lots of ways to go at Gravel Pit. You can get uh, the uh, you can get the season pass. Yeah, we've got a season pass that's uh, available for, for golfers. Uh, seven days a week with the cart is $1,000 plus tax. And if you've got a, a golf partner, a spouse or whatever, um, that's 550 on top of that. So great opportunity to if you want to spend a lot of time there. Otherwise, we do have daily fee rates of uh, $42 walking. And then uh, carts are 13 bucks, so it's like $55 uh, to, to play the gravel pit. And tee times are available online at uh, gravelpitgolf.com. So that's an easy way to book whenever you want to book. <laughs> and uh, the golf shop's also going to start being open here this this weekend. So we're excited to have people back and uh, you know see what the see what the summer brings. Oh man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and you've got uh, well, I like the couple's idea. Pretty inexpensive there if you get the thousand dollars and then the five hundred on top. Essentially, uh, can play the season together, or maybe you got a. Can your golf buddy get in, or does it have to be the spouse? Yeah, I think we're going with the spouse. <laughs> Seems we're like always open probably to, a good idea. We're always open to conversation. You'll negotiate. Exactly. <laughs> we can talk. We can talk. Right. <laughs> All right, Chuck, appreciate the time. We'll have you back for a little a more lengthy conversation as the uh, year goes on, but sure appreciate you stopping by and uh, coming in the studio. That's kind of fun to see you. And uh, uh, that's one of the things about golf, you know, if you see like, uh, hey, Chuck Klitkatsky, that means golf season's coming up. Yeah, it's fun to uh, <laughs> it's fun to see things melting and just just hear the excitement as you you know you're at a restaurant or whatever. But like you said, you see people out and you know it's uh, it's it's right around the corner, so it's always an exciting time of year after uh, whatever winter is. Looks like you got away. I see a little sun on your face. Yes, sir. <laughs> Had a good winter, but now we're ready to have people back out to the pit. All right, you're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons. This segment brought to you in part by SCR Northern. The ones with Old Man Winter on the truck, and also Ernie's on Gull. Stop by for some patio dining at Ernie's on Gull. Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, 105.1 FM as well. Also find us at lakeswoodsandirons.com and wherever your podcasts are sold. Uh, ne- up next, uh, Chris's interview with Chris Knott of Johnny O Apparel. Want to welcome to the show Chris Knott. Chris is the Chief Merchandising Officer for Johnny O, which is one of the great 
golf and uh, lifestyle brands in golf and was the founder of uh, Peter Marr, which is also one of the great apparel brands in golf. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming on. We're we're down here in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, doing a little golf school and uh, having a great time. And we've talked a lot about uh, your brand. And t- t- tell me how you got started in the apparel business. Oh, that's a great way. It was a, um, I realized by growing up on a tobacco farm that at an early age I did not want to do that the rest of my life. And I grew up in a real small town where people did that for a living. So, you know, growing up when, you know, I'm 57, but, you know, you had to work growing up because all the kids work. So I ended up opting out of the farm life and went and got a job in a men's clothing store called Ashworth's Clothing. It's still there right on 210 South Main Street and um, third generational owner. And um, I was real lucky because the guy that's Steve Ashworth is about four or five years older than me, but he really took me on when I was a 14-year-old kid and kind of showed me the ropes and started taking me to New York on buying trips and I got to go to factories in Georgia and see you know how product was made and things like that so I really got to I got to look under the hood at a very young age and I kind of got bit by the clothing bug at that at that point. Cool and so what, what was your inspiration you started Peter Marr yeah. What, what was your inspiration to start that? You know, my inspiration was I was just really trying to make a living. I was a clothing rep at the time working for Burberry out of London. And things were going great, but these big brands, they decided they didn't really want to sell this, the mom-and-pop stores that I was selling to. They wanted to go sell the Neiman's and the Nordstrom's and have their own stores. So the writing was kind of on the wall. No matter how well I was doing selling the product and getting out there, the company just didn't have reps three years later. So um, I figured I need to start making some kind of product that could be my own and build some equity. And I saw a niche in some like colorful cashmere sweaters because I'm a Southern and I like color. So we started out making um, cashmere sweaters and a V-neck and a cable crew and a V-neck vest. I had 30 colors and they were all in stock color. So the line looked a lot bigger. And I think the first year we sold like 4,800 sweaters. I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> then I realized I had to go do it again. <laughs> so that's how it started. And, uh, you know, now, now you're with Johnny O. And uh, t- tell me about Johnny O and how. how... Yeah, it's a, um, well, it's a very unique story. So back in my previous life, we tried to buy Johnny O. We thought it was like one of the coolest brands out there. It was pretty small. Then they are probably doing a couple of million bucks. And John O'Donnell, who's a, a great guy, great golfer, um, plays a lot of amateur golf. He had come up with this, what we call Surfer Dude logo, um, that really was like a West Coast version. Like they, he had this term West Coast prep, that really was like, hey, what's a guy on the West Coast dress if he's not living on the East Coast? You know, because East Coast is a little more classic than West Coast. So he came up with this great idea. We fell in love with the logo back then, or the mark. We made a run at it, and they weren't ready to sell, and they shouldn't have sold. But that's how I met John. And, we're, and um, so when I ended up, you know, exiting PMR, we sold it, and I hung around a few years, and, you know, it's just time for me to go. Um, John reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we met a few years ago, and, and I, by then I'd been around the world several times and learned how to source and knew how to put a line together. And I was like, you know, I've got this non-compete, but once it's up, you know, I'd be interested because um, I was enjoying some time off. So I joined those guys, you know, um, you know, back in 17, and we just hit the ground running. We, you know, we started out with a couple of people in Raleigh as the merchandising team. Now we've got like 20 people in Raleigh. 
Um, so merchandising and sales are kind of on the out of Raleigh, you know, because that's where the product's being designed. And then all the, you know, um, you know, internet, you know, um, financial CEOs, all that stuff's out, still out of Santa Monica, California. So we kind of do, you know, we have two offices. How how's that design process work? I mean, you know, right now golf shops in the Midwest are getting in their spring line, but you have to work way ahead of it's truly a uh, year ahead so yeah. like we are um sitting here right now i was talking to my my, you know, my right hand person this morning you know we're working on fall 24 now um which is crazy we've already designed um spring 24 and that's coming in as we speak strike off so it really starts with you know ideas a color palette and it's a whole process. You go through lab dips, you know, this, that. We've got some great partners around the world. That, that's, that's the lifeline of the business. You've got to have great partners that can deliver what you're selling or, or designing. Yeah. COVID kind of changed the way people dress. Great and, question, yeah. And that, that's got to be... Uh, that had to be good for a, a brand like Johnny O. It, uh, I like to say the ball bounced in our direction. We really saw our business explode during COVID because more people were living and working from home. And I mean, a lot of people had lake houses or their second homes. They, they just moved there and worked from there. And I say that technology like Zoom and Microsoft Teams helped that happen. And as you know, not everybody's going back to the office. So, you know, um, you know, tailored clothing you know, used to be the uniform we all wore. And now it's, you know, you don't see... A lot of people wearing suits to work anymore, unless they are really like a lawyer or have to be in front of people. And what, what do you see as the the future in, in well, apparel? The, the main thing that's changed in men's apparel to me in the last ten years is fit. Number one, things got trimmer. You know, you think back. You know, I'm looking. You're wearing a nice trim fit five pocket right now. You know, if we were sitting here ten years ago, you may have on a, a pleated pant, mm-hmm. and it was just different sizes. So everything's gotten trimmer, but it's still comfortable. And then as the performance fabrics got more sophisticated, you know, we make performance golf shirts that feel like cotton, but yet they don't wrinkle and they don't fade and any of that stuff. So to me, the the fabrications and fit have been the the biggest changes. I mean, you don't see shoe shine guys in airports anymore because nobody's wearing shoes that you shine anymore. Exactly. Pretty much, you know. Yeah, you see guys wearing tennis Tennis shoes with, with... Suits exactly. So the yeah. world has changed to, in that in that in that sense. I don't see it going back either, like the other way. Yeah, Tell, you know, we we talked a little bit about uh, the culture of of company or your company, and t- tell us about that. How do you how do you create that culture? Well, you know, I've learned a lot. Cause I've been involved with a lot of companies, you know, as far as sell you know, repping and all that. But I think it starts at the top. You know. Um, our CEO, who just announced recently he's going to be retiring soon, he just has a great way. And it, I think it's like the um, funnel effect. It starts at the top, and it just goes straight down throughout the company. And um, I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but, you know, you got to be very transparent and open and in work as a team, and that's what we try to do. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the show yeah, and sh- sharing your story and uh, – uh, a lot of people listen to the show know I love clothes, so it's oh, always yeah, fun you to... Look, well, you're a big guy, you look great. It's always, uh, always fun for me to talk apparel in the golf business. So. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Chris. All right, see you.
That was, that was Chris Knott with, uh, from Johnny O Apparel. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, 105.1 FM, and wherever your podcasts are sold, and also lakeswoodsandirons.com. This uh, segment brought your way by the T-Hive. Nice to have the T-Hive back with us. Uh, team golf shirts and that kind of thing, they can do it all for you at the T-Hive. Chris Foley's been uh, traveling the world. Chris, are you coming back to see us and stay in town for a little while? I am. Uh, I'm on my way back right now, Mac. And uh, I'm, I'm as much as I love to travel. I'm ready to be done with travel, and I'm going to be home until the end of August and uh, go to a Walker Cup over in uh, at the Old Course in St. Andrews. Will be my next trip. So. Oh my gosh! Looking forward to hearing stories about that one too. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get uh, at some point. We'll get the Walker Cup captain on Mike McCoy, who is a. Uh, a great friend of mine. I think we may have had him on the show before, but uh, Mike's from Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, one of the best amateurs you know ever in golf. And uh, uh, he's the captain this year, so it's going to be a lot of fun to get to be over there with him, the captain, and on the old course. Man, you bet. Let's see. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about your back. Going to be back in town and uh, Chris Foley Golf Schools. Chris, uh, people. Looking to tune their games up a little. A lot of us uh, maybe didn't have the chance to go south or have not uh, uh, played much golf yet. And uh, you can help us out with uh, some early season tips and also uh, maybe some lessons at Chris Foley Golf, correct? Yeah, we've got uh, got all our spring adult programs starting uh, the first week in May. So our ladies refresher schools and ladies intro to golf and men's men's refresher school, those type of things. And um, our junior golf program, we're, gosh, we're, we're almost, we're, we're getting full. Uh, so those signups are, are going on right now. And then just all our individual instruction and, and club fitting. And so I, I can't wait to get outside. I'm, uh, you know, I've been back and forth in and out of Brainerd all winter. And I'm, uh, I love teaching in in the winter inside, but I, this time of year I'm certainly ready to get outside on grass and be able to see the ball fight. So it'll, uh, won't be long, Mac. I've seen you out there, Chris. It's a it's a very interesting profession. You're out there with, uh, uh, say, a 16 or 17 handicapper like me. Maybe it's a a one handicapper, or a scratch handicapper, or a couple of eight or nine year olds that you're teaching. You really have uh, run the gamut on uh, all the people that you teach this game. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm so lucky to get to do what I do, and um, but you know, it, I I just I love helping out people, and uh, you know, getting them hooked on the game of golf, and it, it's just uh, the greatest sport in the world. You're in an exciting place, certainly, Chris. This year with the Craigans and the uh, changes that have been happening and uh, are continue to happen, but some of it's complete, and uh, people are really really excited about what you've got to offer. Oh gosh, the, the the new Layman Nine is fantastic, and you know every, everything they've done to the other other three nines is you know it just it, it's taken the, the golf to a new level at uh, at the Legacy, and people people are really going to enjoy it. It's, I, to me, it's made the golf the golf courses much more enjoyable, and it's it's eliminated some of the the goofy, tricky holes and. Uh, you know, there's almost not a hole that hasn't been touched in some way. Right. And uh, then we'll get that, uh, get the, they're the fourth nine that they'll start working on, I think, in uh, 
in June, and then we'll be done with the project. So it's it's exciting. Yeah, the visionary and the guys who who can look at the track of ground and and then put a golf course there. It's always extraordinary. I think to to uh, walk what will be and then kind of design it in your head and then to watch it come to life. It's uh, that part's incredible to me as well. Yeah, it's uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what's been so cool. Part of the project is is you know Tom Lehman lives in Alexandria in the summer. And so he, he spent just a ton of time uh, at the legacy as they've as they've worked it and um, you know been able to put it put his input into it on a you know on a weekly basis, which is it's so rare that the, the the architect spends that much time there. Yeah, very much so. All right, Chris, you travel safe, my friend. Thanks, yeah. Mac. I look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Big thank you to our guest this week, Chris Knott of Johnny O Apparel. Chris is a clothes horse, so that's a that's a good friend to have. <laughs> and our uh, good pal Chuck Kletkatsky, uh director of uh, golf at the Gravel Pit. And, uh, boy, good opportunity to get out and play the Gravel Pit this year. Thanks to Chuck. We'll have him on more as the season goes on. So two great guests this week. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan.